Welcome to Ex Libris On Air and the stories behind the stories of today's literature and their authors. Greetings for Author Talk. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book is an interesting, very colorful book titled Pumpkin. And joining me is the author, Ilyani. Welcome to the program, Ilyani. Hi, my name is Ilyani. But I live in Washington. In Washington. I Yes, I do see and that. I am, the, I am the author of the book Pumpkin. Very good. The uh, book uh, Pumpkin is uh, about 32 pages, I think it is. And you are a young <laughs> author at this point. How old are you, Ilyani? Eight years old. I turned eight in August. Eight in August. And is this the first book that you've written? Well, actually, no. This is the first book I published. I actually wrote short stories before, but this one is the first published one. First published one. And why do you like to write and tell stories? Where did that idea or where did that information or that um, that passion or interest come from? Well, when I was little, it started, I was just making picture books just because before I learned how to read I was just making picture books but then when I started reading I loved it so much I um, started to read a lot of chapter books which inspired me to write my own that's wonderful the title of your book is pumpkin and those who can't see the cover of your book might think it's about food or a food item around Thanksgiving but it's not who is Pumpkin, and how is this uh, story, uh, how did it come come to be written? Well, I wrote this book last April when our school turned our classes into distance learning. Everything felt different and unusual. I was also sad because my grandpa was sick. He passed away in the middle of this pandemic. Oh. I had to think of something that would distract me from what was happening. I knew that kids like me were feeling the same way, and I wanted to do something to help children like me be brave and have courage. So you're dealing with a very important subject, courage. Yes. I decided to write something that about someone who is young and who is strong. I want to inspire children that we could get through this, and we could face this scary situation, even though we are young. I also wrote it to make me feel closer to my grandpa because he loved horses. Mm. I named my main character Pumpkin first because she was born in fall, and second, my mama always calls me Pumpkin. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. So your main character is a horse named Pumpkin. Yes. She is a young horse, and... um. She faced something like a big challenge, like we are facing now. And I want—I wrote it like that so I can inspire children to be brave as well during this pandemic. What type of challenge did Pumpkin face that we can learn from? Well, she, um, she saved one of her friends that was swept away by a tornado and... Um, she had to take a risk to do it. The lesson of my story is that we should always help each other. 
even if it means taking a risk, and we should never be afraid. That's an excellent, excellent storyline for sure, and a great message. Did you write this uh, by hand? I mean, when I say by hand, did you use a pencil and a piece of paper to write the story, or did you sit down at a computer and uh, write your story? Well, at first, I was just writing it for my mama and my brother and my mama. I just wrote it on a paper at first. But then I sent it to my Nita and then my um, aunt, I call her Nita. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then she wanted to publish it when I showed it to her. She had the idea and then I started typing it. Beautiful. And I also did the pictures. You did the pictures. You did the artwork in your in your book. Well, I colored them. Actually. Okay. My aunt's friend made them, but I colored them. It's very colorful, very pretty. Did it take a long time to uh, to get this into print where others can share the story? Well, yes. It was supposed to be a birthday present, but then it was not fully realized until September. So, because I, um, at first I was not fully satisfied with my picture, so I repeated some of them. It took me about maybe a month or so to publish it. That's not a long time for an author, even a young one or an old author. I've uh, talked to a lot of uh, a lot of. Uh, boys, girls, adults, males, females that are authors that it takes a long time to usually get a, a, a book published. Have you been able to share this story with others besides family members? Um, well, my aunt is sharing them to her friends, and I've been signing a lot, too. Have you? Do you enjoy being an author? Yes, I love writing. I love reading, too. And you talk about courage and confidence in your, in your writing. Uh, for a young adult or young child writer at eight years of age, that's a very big and sometimes confusing subject. How were you able to, to have a good feeling and a strong um, story to go along with that? Well, um... We were locked in because of quarantine, and I, like I said, wanted something to distract me. So, also because my grandpa passed away, and I was confused and scared, too. Sure. And, and so, I sat down, and I, um, I love writing. It calms me down, and sometimes my story excites me. So I started writing this story last April, and I shared it to my family, and they loved it, too. And then we sent it to my aunt, and she got it published for me. You've done a wonderful job on this book. It's beautifully written, and the storyline certainly is uh, intriguing. And also the artwork, I think you've done a wonderful job on that. You have a phrase or a place in your novel or in your book that's called Tomorrow. What is that significance? How, how is tomorrow? What does that fi- how does that fit into the story? Well, I wrote the chapter tomorrow. It's actually one of my favorite chapters, my favorite. 
um, because that chapter, whenever I read it, I always think that, think of tomorrow that it's one step closer to a better day when this pandemic is gone. Mm. Whenever I read it, I feel like that. Pumpkin is a brave and loving horse, and that, that's the main character in your story. If you were to talk to a, an, another student at your school or one that you haven't met yet, how would you introduce this book and let them know that you are a published author? How would you say that? I would introduce my book like this. My story is about a young Arab horse who is growing up, learning things, and facing the biggest challenge in her young life. Will she have the courage to face danger, or will she think she is too young to deal with it? and walk out. Read this book to find out. Uh Excellent. Uh, Are there other stories out there? I know there are many stories about horses, but is this one different from others that you have read or perhaps uh, have uh, seen in the marketplace? Well, this book is unlike others because I wrote it when I was most stressed out. It calmed me down and excited me when I wrote it. I think readers will feel the same way if they read it. My book will take away fear and discouragement, especially if the reader sees the lesson of this story. It will inspire readers to be brave like the main character of my story, Pumpkin. Now, does the story take place in our current time, or is it one that happened a long time ago, or one that happens in the future? When does it take place? My story takes place in the fall when everything was peaceful, beautiful, full of color, and when we could be free to go outside and breathe fresh air, when there was no quarantine. It takes place on a farm and where there are lots of nature. I chose this setting because it brought me back to the place this was before the pandemic started, the beautiful USA. Very encouraging and inspirational. There must be some words that might might be a, a recap or a way to describe your story. Do you do you know what they might be? Um. Well, I think some words to describe my story is peaceful, beautiful, um, exciting too. Beautiful. And you have uh, characters that you have described as brave loyal and also loving characters, uh, things that children and adults can also relate to. There must have been some challenges in writing this. What was the most challenging part of writing this story and uh, the most fun? Well, um, the most challenging was I wanted to write it um, after my grandpa passed away so I could distract myself a little bit. Mm. But the hardest was starting it, because I still could not get my mind off what happened to him. And that was the hardest. But the most fun was the end, I think, reading it to my family. Um, I saw their smiling faces for the first time after my grandpa passed away. And also, I love making speeches and Mm -hmm. writing and doing art. I, one, I wrote this book, so I like writing. Two, I colored it, 
And three, I'm talking to you right now. Beautiful. You're a very uh, progressive young lady. And when I say progressive, it sounds like you may be a lot older than you are telling me. You say you're eight years old, and uh, you're very articulate, if you know what that word means, and uh, certainly have a wonderful handle on inspiring young children with a story like this. This title, again, is uh, Pumpkin. And it's a story about horses, and I don't think there's a child or an adult out in the listening area that wouldn't enjoy getting a copy of this. Uh, this book, again, is about 32 pages in length, and uh, my author is Ilyani, I-L-Y-A-N-N-I-E, initial T, initial G, that is the author's name. Uh, Yanni, where, where do we get copies of your book? Author House and Amazon. Very Barnes and, Barnes and very good, and I'm uh, wondering. I guess uh, with a family that is so supportive, they may even at some point be able to put a website together that will have this book and uh, the way it sounds. Because you enjoy writing, there will be others in the future. Hope to hear from you again. Yes, um, I'm thinking my next book will be a novel. Excellent. Like. Maybe a longer one, more uh, chapters. More chapters, more words, more character studies. Wonderful to talk with you, and congratulations on completing this. Again, the title, people, go f get a copy of this, titled Pumpkin. My guest author, Ilyani, T initial and G initial. And uh, she's telling me she's eight years old. I think she may be fibbing a little bit. She sounds a little older to me, but eh. If you say she's eight, she's eight. Okay. Ilyani, thank you again for I sharing also, your story. I um, just wondered if you want to know when I'm born. Well, the I don't... 2012. Really? My goodness. It, it's amazing. You've done a wonderful job, Ilyani. And uh, pass on my uh, thanks to your family and to your aunt who helped you uh, get this published. And uh, I'm confident we'll get to talk in the future, and maybe the next one will be a novel. So that would be wonderful. Hope to hear from you again. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you again for Author Talk and Author House. This is Jay Douglas Barker. Ex Libris returns after these short messages. Congratulations on getting your book published. The effort you put into your work is truly commendable. But what's next? What will happen to all the knowledge you have worked so hard to acquire to produce your book? Here at Toginet Radio, we can provide you a platform to keep your knowledge working for you through the power of podcast. The subjects our podcasts cover are as varied as the grains of sand on a beach. From life coaching, to military resources, to business success, even to the paranormal. We have a place for everyone. To get started on your next step, call Scott at 903-787-5880 or email him at scott at toginetradio.com that's s-c-o-t-t at t-o-g-i-n-e-t r-a-d-i-o dot com Welcome back to Ex Libris Greetings 
for Ex Leavers On Air. This is Jay Douglas Barker. The book is titled The Locket, and joining me from Georgia is my author, Lisa Arnold. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you so much. It's nice to be here. I understand you are involved in education, the education system in Georgia and in the town you're from. Uh, share with my listeners a little of your background besides that. Have you always uh, been an author? Have you written a lot of articles, or is this your first book? Well, um, my undergraduate and graduate degrees are in speech-language pathology, and I've published several books in my field um, in the past, but I always wanted to try my hand at fiction, so I was very happy when I was able to do that. Fabulous. So the other articles you wrote are not bestsellers and bell ringers? Well, well, they weren't articles. They were actually therapy resource books um, for speech therapists. And um, so they, they did quite well in my field. They did. But, but like I said, fiction, I was just was dying to, to write fiction. So I, I wrote this book several years ago, um, but I, I was on my bucket list to get it published. So I'm getting older now, and I wanted to publish it. Well, not many people want to admit they're getting older, including me. Uh, <laughs> I, I look in the mirror and see my parents staring back at me, and that makes me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, but... I do, too. <laughs> I do, too. Now, I'm getting older, yes. Yep. Work, I've been working for 34 years. <laughs> oh, my. Well, we won't go into that, that, that uh, side of our history. <laughs> the, the locket, the title, what is the significance of that, and when? what uh, time frame or what period of time was this this uh, uh, fictional work uh, placed in? It is, a, it is a historical novel, novel, and it starts in 1944 during World War II um, in Barnesville, Georgia, and the book spans from 1944 to the mid-1960s. Um, the locket is significant because Margaret, the central character, does receive a locket in the book that is inscribed that really helped her get through some of the very turbulent times in her life. You talk about two of the characters, one named James, I think mm-hmm. it is, and Henry. How do they fit into the storyline? Yeah. Well, Henry was really the central character that I started with when I was writing the novel. Um, he is a lieutenant colonel in World War II, um, stationed in J- Jakarta, Indonesia. And um, he and Margaret are married. And she's pregnant with twins at the beginning of the novel. Um, they have a, a close friend named James Walsh, who is kind of a, a good foil for Henry. Um, Henry does leave a, lead a double life in the novel. Um, he has a lover, Malay, um, in Indonesia, um, who does eventually get pregnant with his child as well. Mm. You've mentioned an art. I'm sorry, a storyline that perhaps uh, might be reserved for a little older audience. Is that uh, who you are targeting, or is this something that your grade school kids would enjoy reading? Oh no, this is not a grade school novel. Oh, not at all. This is definitely an adult novel. <laughs> definitely okay. an adult novel. It's got a little bit of everything in it. That's what is so great about the novel. In fact, one of my readers recently, when I was signing a book, was telling me that that was what she liked so much about the book was that it had a little bit of everything in it. Uh, so you've included naughty bits, or is that uh, in proper questioning? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some naughty stuff in it. Yes, um, <laughs> but there are there are. There's some themes within the story dealing with a husband's betrayal, um, illness, um, Margaret's temptation, um, other mothers. Um, I don't know if you've ever in your life had someone in your life that you felt was kind of like a, a substitute mother for you, but yes. there's a theme regarding that. 
Um, there's also a solid theme dealing with how Margaret feels regarding the treatment of people of color during that time period. Uh, very appropriate. 238 pages. How long did it take to complete? You say you started it uh, several years ago, or how was the uh, progression of getting it completed? It probably took me about a year to write it. Um, yeah, about a year to write it. And and it was a really, really wonderful journey, um, watching the characters unfold and and just kind of filling out the arc of the whole story. Um, and it's kind of funny when you're talking about this. I never felt that I was a control freak mm-hmm. until I started writing a book like this. It was so much fun to control the lives of these characters. It was absolutely amazing. I loved it to wow. be able to manipulate the lives of these characters. That- it was amazing that's an, it a, was. that's a beautiful recommendation <laughs> i guess i need to be an author I, I don't have any control in my life that's a good way to do it now did you write oh, a storyline to begin with like a, an outline of characters or did you just let the story take you on the journey you it's amazing i've always i've never really been a writer that was big on outlines um even when i wrote my books in my field i didn't really write outlines to begin with um, except that the publisher would force me to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, I wrote this before I ever, uh, you know, went to a publisher. So, no, I did not write an outline to begin with. I didn't. And I, I think I always just have outlines kind of in my head. Um, and and I do kind of let the story flow for me. And, and things trigger things. There's just sparks that come here and there, and, and oh, that's going to happen, and, and this is going to unfold. And yes, I do kind of let it unfold. No, I'm not. I'm not big on on outlines. No, never have been. Well, as a feminine mm-hmm. writer, a lady of uh, mm-hmm. that genre, gender, uh, do you admire mm-hmm. other writers in the field that are are uh, female writers? And if so, uh, who would they be? I'm trying to think. Um, Toni Morrison. I think Toni Morrison is probably one of the one of my favorites. Um, I love Maya Angelou. Yes. Um, yes uh, that she's just. I mean, she's just amazing. Um, that it's not necessarily the same genre, but I, she's she's amazing. Well, there are some uh, been, there are some amazing amazing authors who uh, are uh, ladies and uh, do a wonderful job on writing mm-hmm. their stories and uh, are certainly co- in mm-hmm. command of the English language and and in the storylines mm-hmm. this uh, this book uh, the author I mean, I'm sorry the uh, the, the locket uh, is it something that even a guy who maybe prefers hunting fishing and other stuff is he going to find some <laughs> adventure in here that he may enjoy as well it, it's amazing that you would you would say that my boyfriend is a major hunter Fisherman, I mean, he is. And, of course, I made him read it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he loved it. He absolutely loved it. He did. Beautiful. And he was just, he's, he's like, don't tell me what's going to happen, but I, I think this is going to happen. And I, I think that oh, he he would kind of put things out there, and I, I of course, wouldn't tell him what was going to happen. But it was very thought-provoking for him and definitely a page-turner, and it was burning in his brain, and he couldn't put it down. And he was very, very happy with the book. He Fan- fabulous. Um, so I'm glad that I tested it out on a man. <laughs> is there is there a lesson <laughs> or a moral to the story in a, in in the uh, setting that you've created? Uh, is there a, a story that pops to the surface or a, a 
a lesson for life that you want well, to convey? I think, I think that even if life becomes difficult, um, there are things that you can be certain of and that and that suffering can have a purpose in your life. Mm. Um, I know that I'm, I'm a breast cancer survivor myself, and I know that that suffering that I went through during that time in my life um, definitely had a purpose for me. I'm also um, a person who's gone through a divorce and, and gone through a husband's betrayal, um, just as Margaret has to go through in the book. Mm. Um, so I know what that feels like. And I think that it's important to have gone through those kind of experiences to be able to write about them because they, they change who you are. And they, never they certainly the same do. Again. They certainly do. Was there a little bit of uh, get even? <laughs> well, I, never mind. We won't go there with with the with the plot line. <laughs> but uh, you have uh, written a novel. There's a a great field of novels that are um, called chicklets or chick flicks or chick. Uh, writings. Uh, this is not them, this, yeah. <laughs> and this is not in that genre. It actually does appeal to a wide wide audience, as you've mentioned, and have had uh, some feedback oh, that way. So. Did you put any action mm-hmm. scenes in there that, uh, if I was a movie producer, I'd say, "Hey, you know, that's a, that that could really uh, grab yeah. a grab an audience." Oh, there's a murder in it. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Only there's one. A murder. Only one. Well, that's that's not oh, an, only that, one. Okay. That's not enough for a that's not enough for a major it. motion picture. <laughs> Maybe they can fluff well, it out a little bit. There's a murder in it, and there's you know there's there's stuff in the the, the war. You know the war's going on. So that's that's guy stuff. But I mean, I don't think that you think of a woman's book or women's fiction having a murder in it most right. often. I mean, I don't I don't think that's common. It's not your typical just, just, oh, this is just a straight romance. No, not at all. Like I said, my reader said it's got a little bit of everything in it. It does. Well, you've mentioned a little bit that you feel this is different because it uh, deals on uh, multi-levels or Mm multi-topics. Is that what you think sets Mm -hmm. it apart? Oh, yes, yes. And it's it's very um, thought-provoking right now especially when we're talking about some of the Black Lives Matter movements, I think, mm-hmm. um, because Margaret is very, very uncomfortable with the treatment of people of color during that time period. She, she's not happy with it. Um, it goes on to the 1960s um, when she's teaching, and she's dealing with the integration of the school system here in the Deep South, which was very, very late. Um, it didn't happen till almost 1970 down here in the south Mm. um so and i'm from a family of educators my father when he he had to go to the county office and his first job was um director of busing and he had to integrate the school system that first year that it happened well and so i was intimately aware of all of that growing up yes definitely i'm i'm of that time period that that certainly sets the mood and the mode for your storytelling, for sure. That history, mm-hmm. I'm sure, has uh, has impacted you and others around you. This, uh, again, mm-hmm. is a 230 or 40-page uh, 40, 40 uh, read. I- is there anything that we haven't covered? Is there something that um, perhaps will surprise the reader when they uh, when they get in, in, in past the first chapter or so? Well, I think that it draws you in so deeply, and that you just can't stop thinking about it because there are so many themes in it 
that gets you thinking and, and you just can't get away from it. That's, that's what most of my readers have said, is that they just can't put it down. And I know that's cliche. I know that sounds very cliche, but there are just so many themes going on and it gets you thinking so much. And you don't want it to end. You don't. Mm. You don't. And I'm hoping that it won't. Well, it's a reflection for sure on the time period and also the characters. Have you left the storyline open for a sequel, perhaps? Yes, I have. Uh And have you begun writing on it, or is there another book in the near future that will be released? I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I haven't haven't actively started, but I'm thinking um, heavily about it because I already already know some storylines and I've got it all going in my head. But, you know, I'm not an outliner. Yes. I'm not an outliner. So <laughs> i got to just let it play out itself in my head for a while. Well, fabulous. Lisa Arnold, thank you, and uh, appreciate your sharing your story and your journey in creating the storyline, The Locket. Again, can be found where on the Internet, or how can uh, readers get a copy of this? You can buy it through the Ex Libris um, bookstore online or through Amazon or Barnes & Noble. They also can request it by name if they go to their local bookseller. And uh, the uh, title again, The Locket. Lisa Arnold is the author. Uh, Have you uh, developed a website yet or is that in the near future? I haven't done that yet, but but maybe in the future, yes. Fabulous. Do a search under the author name Lisa, L-I-S-A, Arnold, A-R-N-O-L-D, and you'll be able to keep in contact with her on social media and in the future when a website is developed and this book and others that she's developing will also be available through that link as well. Lisa, thank you for joining me today and sharing your story. Thank you so much for having me on. My pleasure for Ex Libris On Air. This is Jay Douglas Barker. Ex Libris returns after these short messages. Only once every few years does a show come along that makes you think, makes you care, makes you believe the impossible. A show featuring only the best in writing, acting, and directing. Until that show comes along, we suggest Paranoria, Texas. Thrilled to the adventures of six super-powered nerds on a never-ending quest to take over the world and to complete their collection of She-Hulk comics. Paranoria, Texas, Monday nights at 8 p.m. Central on astronetradio.com. Welcome back to Ex Libris. for Ex Libris On Air. This is J. Douglas Barker, here to share a story titled Colorful Journey. And joining me is the author who joins me from New Jersey, Jennifer Turatelli Renu. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much for inviting me to be here. Thank you. Well, your book is uh, colorful. It is uh, obvious from the covers, at least initially, to look at it. It looks as though it's a a book that's designed and uh, directed towards a child or a younger audience. You had some co-authors in this. Uh, Share with my audience who they were and how they fit into the story. Well, I have two granddaughters, uh, Carolina Renew and Juliana Renew. They are twins, and they're 10 years old. Um, What happened is, uh, like, I am a... I'm a former educator, hmm. 
And um, I have, because I am a volunteer at the Great Falls National Historical Park in Patterson, New Jersey, um, I have found many, many people who come to visit, and young people don't really know the history behind this historical Great Falls. So um, I was talking with my granddaughters and telling them about how George Washington had come during, right after the, the Revolutionary War, galloped on his horse, came to Patterson, New Jersey. Um, okay, now we were going to have to manufacture our own products, things we used to buy from, from England. Now, um, you know, we needed to, to manufacture them. Yes. So... George Washington and Alexander Hamilton came to the Great Falls, and um, they planned the first industrial city in the nation, Patterson, New Jersey. So I was telling my granddaughters about it, and they began asking me questions. And I thought about how this um, sparked an interest, and so to you know to help other children. In, who come to visit or just to, to know about this history, um, the three of us put together this book, Historical Fiction, Colorful Journey. Mm. You see, when I was a little girl, my dad, I lived out in Patterson at the foot of Garrett Mountain, and my dad used to take me and my sister and uh, some neighborhood friends We'd go on a colorful journey up Garrett Mountain, across the railroad tracks, to a watering spring, and pick wild cherries and blueberries, and we would do this often. So I thought about it, and I said, um, you know, so many things have changed over the years. George Washington came here galloping on a horse. Mm -hmm. um, when I was a little girl, there was a railroad track railroad tracks that we would have to cross over the Erie Lackawanna Railroad. The trains used to come by. And before that was the Morris Canal with water and boats would come down. Today, it is Interstate Route 80 really? that travels the exact same path. So I thought about it and, um, and we, you know, wanted to present the past, the present, and the future. However... This story takes place in the 1950s when I was a little girl. talks about fun games that we played outdoors before computers, calculators, uh, calculators, before um, computers <laughs> and, and cell phones and the, the Chromebooks and all the things that the kids have mm. today. Before air conditioning, we played outdoors. Incredible. So, yeah. yeah, so what? basically what you're looking at here is uh, the story takes place in the 1950s. It is told by an African-American little girl named Sweetie, and um, it, it, it takes place in an Italian-American and Irish-American neighborhood, and, um, and that's, you know, basically how it goes. Now, instead of my dad taking the kids on a tour of Garrett Mountain... Right. They meet a groundhog, and and the groundhog, they add, actually it's it's Juliana who asks the groundhog, um, "Can you take us on a, a tour of where does this winding 
footpath go? And he said, well, I'll, I'll take you only if you can guess my name. So now they had one whole day to try to figure out what this groundhog's real name was. Well, after, you know, talking to a butterfly and talking to a uh, robin and, and some other, you know, creatures that they thought might have, uh, you know, might know what the groundhog's real name was, um, they accidentally do discover his real name. Juliana is an artist, and she was drawing a picture of the groundhog, and she needed a crayon that she could use to color the coat of the groundhog. She dropped the crayons on the ground, and as they picked them up one at a time, they read the name of the color that was printed on the paper wrapper Mm -hmm. that was around the crayon. And they did find that a crayon that Juliana could use to color the groundhog's coat. And that crayon was butternut yellow. Wow. This, it's a beautiful well, beautiful story. Yeah, I mean, it's 60 yeah. pa- the 60 pages that you have penned, obviously with a um, an educator background, it uh, it became something that was a passion for you. Uh, it sounds like science fiction when you take a current day child and say we didn't have air conditioner we played outside that's that's also very very unique and informative how long did it take uh, jennifer to complete the 60 pages uh, not, not not long um during the covid 19 uh time where we were you know basically staying home um you know my my granddaughters and i we you know we the family so uh, you know, I, I would think maybe about four or five months. That's all. So this book just came out, like I said, a few weeks ago. Um, the illustrator, too, is a young young girl. Hmm. She um, she is a sophomore at William Patterson University, and her grandmother and I are friends. So Fabulous. that's how you know I was able to um, to get the illustrator for the book. Um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, a lot of fun that I had putting this together. And then what I, well, to, to say, too, when the groundhog took the children on the tour of Garrett Mountain, yes, they went to a watering spring and they met a fox. And now the girls, the boys are all, you know, frightened with the fox. And my granddaughters gave me exactly you know how young people would feel if they if they were encountered by a wild animal like mm-hmm. that. The groundhog also took them through Garrett Mountain to a castle that does exist. It's a beautiful, beautiful castle called Lambert Castle, and we get the history about you know well why is this castle in the in Garrett Mountain in New Jersey and how did how did this happen? Apparently, Catalina Lambert who was, um, uh, you know, from Gooseide, England, and, you know, with the kings and queens. Mm. When he came to America, he owned, uh, he was in the, in the silk industry in Patterson, um, because Patterson was known as the Silk City of the New World. Really? Um, and he made a fortune and built his wife a home in Garrett Mountain uh, called Lambert Castle. It was originally Bella Vista. And we call it Lambert Castle. So the history is true. The history is real. They are, you know, basically talking uh, about, you know, um, 
Patterson's history. Um, and, and basically, you know, that's basically it. Uh, the, the groundhog, you know, takes them on tour, and there's a, a lot of things that happen while they're crossing over the railroad tracks to to get to the watering spring or to come home, and you know, just a lot of things. They they come and count, you know, come and, with a, a a real train coming at them. So, uh, you know, those it, types of things. Yeah, it's a fabulous um, it's a fabulous job that you have uh, completed, and uh, I will say this about it: although it looks like a a young child's novel, it could be read by someone, an older person, uh, to a young child. It's sixty pages in length, so even a little older child would enjoy the historical references and also the storyline. Was that really well, an intention of yours, or did it just come together well, that way? No, you have to really know that I. You know, like being the grandmother, uh, telling the story to the to my grandchildren, I I did think about that. And after my book came out, um, I have some senior friends who you know who read it, and one called me and said, "I thought you told me it was only going to take an hour to read this book." <laughs> It took me two and a half hours. She said every time I read something, I stopped, and I began to reminisce and think about, oh, wow, I remember doing that back in those days. Because there is a section here that talks about the games that we played, like hopscotch and jump rope and stickball, and, you know, the, the, telling children today that, you know, we didn't have baseball bats, but we'd go to mom, and when when she had a broom, a wooden handle on the broom, when the bristles on the broom became so flat because she was constantly sweeping the floor, we would cut off the bottom of the the, the bristles off and use the wooden stick as a bat, mm. and then we'd have a a pink high Spalding high bouncer ball that we would use and and i would tell them first base was the telephone pole in the middle of the street second base was the manhole in the middle of the street third base was the fire hydrant uh. and if you hit this pink spalding ball and it went into garrett mountain you'd get a home run <laughs> beautiful well, the seniors are so they they you know senior friends of mine who could relate to all that because they did play those games. Uh, you know they're like, wow, took me a long time, Not a long time, but longer than you suggested. It Absolutely, yeah. The, the yeah there there's actual uh, conversation and. Uh, and sentences and paragraphs in this book. It's not just a children's novel with mostly illustrations, although illustrations uh, work wonderfully and handily with the the storyline. Jennifer, you wanted to tell a little more about Sweetie and uh, how the story unfolds. Well, Sweetie talks about how Patterson became the first industrial city in the nation and how immigrants came from countries in Europe to work in Patterson, in the mills. Um, she talks about them and calls the mills sweat boxes mm. because, because the people worked, they worked 12 to 15 hours a day, seven days a week, and uh, even children worked in the factories. So um, she talks about, too, too that um, in 1913, the people met at Maria and Pietro Bato's house and um, they they were not allowed to talk about 
um, not wanting to work under those conditions if they lived in Patterson, but they went to Maria and Pietro Bato's house in Haleden, New Jersey, and um, that's when they had the silk strike that devastated the silk industry in Patterson. Um, and, and, you know, she actually talks about what it was like to be in those days and how the working conditions were really very, very difficult. An incredible, people. incredible bit of history and uh, information that you're sharing uh, as the character, sweetie. You, uh, in completing this and looking back and uh, reflecting on this, in fact, I'm I'm kind of thinking this way myself, that this is a, a unique book and uh, maybe a little bit different than uh, what we would anticipate from a, a child's author or a child's an author of children's uh, novels. Uh, well, thank you. Um, I, like I said, I had a lot of fun putting it together. Um, and having been an educator, I taught first grade, fourth grade, eighth grade, and then I taught high school as well and, and became, um, a supervisor, a science supervisor in high school. But I also became an adjunct professor at Montclair State University teaching future teachers. Mm. So... I, I've had, you know, I've had the experience, um, like I said, teaching young children, but then also working today now. I am a senior, and um, I, this is not my first book. I have had, this is my th- the third book that I've published. Um, Skate Key was the first book. Um, that they're a collection of memoirs of people who tell you what it was like to be a kid when we used to roller skate <laughs> on metal skates that needed a skate key. Yeah. And uh, the second book is Italians of Greater Patterson. So with that, with that experience, um, you know, I, I just, you know, put it all together and said, okay, now we're going to address, make a book where age is not, you know, it's just, not there. You're going to be looking at people, or, or you know, from children's ages. I would say, probably from about seven years old, uh, and no, no stopping. We can go right to a hundred years old. Incredible. <laughs> and they would be able to relate to these topics. Are these uh, characters you have created and shared? Are they available, or are they some? people that we may see in the next book or the next uh, series that may be released? Actually, some of them are have been in, uh, in, in Skate Key. Mm. Uh, in, in this book, we talk about Joanne, um, you know, and, and, or in My Italians of Greater Patterson, um, Rachel and, and Junior. Junior is really Bernie Laporta. Bernie and I grew up together on Jersey Street. Bernie was one of the original... Um, happenings that sang that song, See You in September. Really? Wow. Yes, that's Bernie Laporta. And, um, and, you know, so I grew up with these people, um, and we were, like I said, kids growing up on Dead End Jersey Street at the foot of Garrett Mountain. Um, and, you know, today we are all seniors, <laughs> <laughs> except Except Juliana and Carolina, who are really my granddaughters. Incredible. And, um, yeah. And Jennifer, what was the name of the illustrator that helped grandchildren with this? Okay, her name is Kaylee Snyder. Beautiful. And she, thank you. She did a wonderful job. Yes. Oh, yes. 
Beautifully done. The book, again, is, uh, listeners, it's a book that you would enjoy regardless of your age, I believe. Illustrations are fun. Another thing that's unique about the cover, each of the girls is wearing what I would refer to in my old man's thinking, skirts. Uh, most uh, That doesn't happen much in our today's uh, universe. And uh, you have been uh, true to the time frame that the story takes place, uh, the 1950s. So thank you for sharing your story. And this one, the title of which is Colorful Journey. You can do a request online with your local bookseller and others. How else can they get a copy of this, Jennifer? Uh, well, you know, uh, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, uh, and um, uh, Ex Libris is the publisher. So uh, they could get them, you know, through them. Or you could go on my website, which is skatekeybook.com, and uh, you can order it. Right on my website. Excellent. If you do, if you go on my website, um, you know that you can look at my author's video and, and get a big charge out of that one too. <laughs> we'll do so. Again, the author Jennifer Tertelli Renu. Thank you for being a part of today's program and sharing the story and the background into this wonderful piece of work that really is uh, directed towards younger audiences, but I think anyone that would pick it up would enjoy reading it. Colorful Journey. Thanks again for being a part of today's program. Thank you. My pleasure for Ex Libris On Air. This is J. Douglas Barker. Mm-hmm.